now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Hey, thank you, Mark Larson, and welcome everyone to Rod and Real Radio. I am your underfished host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. It's a pleasure to be back here in the saddle again in the Palatial Anglers Arsenal Studios here in La Mesa. First of all, I want to thank Captain Ron Baker for substituting for me last Sunday night. Captain Ron with Ernie Montero and Wendy Toshar had a great show. It's archived at RottenReelRadio.com. Captain Ron has done a lot of things in his 50 years as a Coast Guard licensed skipper. So, uh, And he just scratched the surface. I also want to congratulate Captain Ron for the great event that he ran on Crystal Pier here yesterday. They had well over 100 kids there fishing. They caught 1,000 fish. They had a great time over there. Thank you, everyone, for participating. And Captain Ron, thank you for giving of yourself unselfishly to the kids of San Diego. Take a kid fishing is what Captain Ron uh, always says. Hey, Captain Ron has also started up a new business. He is now in the marine consulting business. If you need help with navigation, vessel handling, fishing, rigging, or anything else, get a hold of Captain Ron at 619-977-2829 or at Captain Ron Baker at sbcglobal.net. Boy, if there's some guy you want to teach the ropes, uh, want the rope to talk to you by, it's got to be Captain Ron Baker. Hey, we got a great show lined up for you tonight. Mr. Pat McDonald's going to be with us. Cat, uh, Pat is the... Uh, former editor of Western Outdoor News, and when they say former, we're going to find out what that's all about. And then coming up in the 6 o'clock hour, Bill Wilkerson's going to be with us. Bill's the owner-operator of Malahini Sports Fishing. We're going to find out what's current with Malahini. And then later on in the show, we're going to be with Jim McCarran. Jim McCarran is the owner of Carolina Lures. He is the maker of a lot of fine saltwater fishing products you may know one of his products really well. It's called the Yummy Flyer. We'll catch up with what's happening with Jim back there in Hiawassee, Georgia. Hey, Wendy is out tonight. She is uh, on the Iserline Turner's Outdoor uh, trip on the Seeker. Stan, well, he's out too. He's receiving his yearly infusion of culture with an evening under the stars at Hollywood Bowl. So, Right now, it's just yours truly. So, hey, let's get the show underway. I think I've got my first guest here. 
good friend of Ron Real Radio, good friend of just about every fisherman here in Southern California and up and down the West Coast for over 35 years, the former editor of Western Outdoor News, Mr. Pat McDonald. Pat, welcome to the show, sir. John, hey, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, this is great. Well, you had two milestones uh, this past week. Not only did you celebrate another birthday, but then I also understand you also retired as editor of Western Outdoor News. Just uh, tell us a little bit about what that really means. Well, uh, I'm stepping down. Yeah, I stepped down uh, as of uh, just the day before my birthday, which was July 15th. So on the 14th, I stepped down officially. I gave notice about four months ago, and I think the owner uh, and I had talked about a year ago. Of me, you stepped me down from the day-to-day operations of uh, doing the paper and uh, moved off into more of a freelance mode. Um, and so it's it's working out very nicely. So, um, but yeah, it's it's been a great 34 years. I've been honored to be the editor. Um, I didn't really know how long I last really in the job. Um, I came from a daily newspaper, and I, I like to hunt, and I like to fish, but I, I didn't really know how it would stick. But I just ended up traveling around the world and meeting great, you know, great, great people, uh, fishing locally, learning a ton, and uh, really getting into the hunting scene. And, and of course, all the stories that have come through over the years. It's been a privilege to uh, to be able to not only travel but also write about some of these places and the people uh, that run the operations and the people who catch the fish and hunt big game. So it's been a it's been a great life and a great experience, and I expect to continue it. You you mentioned what it what is in maybe in the future. And I'm right now. I'm still writing for the newspaper. Uh, I did a. I'm doing a story this uh, tonight. As a matter of fact, uh, I have information on a 427 pound yellowfin tuna caught out of Loretto, and so I have the information on that. And that'll go in the paper this week. And I'm doing the Baja reports. And I'm also covering. I mean, directing as I have for many years the Cabo Tuna Jackpot Tournament, which is in November uh, 1st to the 4th this year. So it's our 19th year of the tournament. So I got my hands full as far as, I, you know, really as much as I can handle, and I've got other uh, things uh, that, are, that are cooking and writing for other publications as well. But I'm very happy and very excited to, to, uh, to, uh, to move off into this new phase of my life. Well, well, hey, let's talk a little bit about the early days. You said you came from a newspaper background, but, you know, you were brought aboard by, I believe, Bert Twilliger, who is the founder of, of the newspaper. Tell us a little bit about how the paper has evolved from that time to what it is today. Well, you know, it's always been about fishing reports. You know, we're, uh, you know, as the, as the Internet has kind of taken over some of the minute-to-minute, day-by-day uh, reports, we still cover, you know, what happened and what might be coming up in terms of events. So, um uh, you know, various names have been given to Western Outdoor News over the years, Week Old News, that kind of thing. And uh, But the fact is, is we don't try to predict news. Uh, we don't try to uh, uh, capture the information as it, as it comes minute by minute. Facebook and uh, other websites have kind of taken over that role. I go, we do have uh, two, a wet, two, two or three websites uh, and, and as well as a, uh, a Facebook page and, and all that, Instagram, Twitter, and everything else. But, but primarily, you know, it hasn't, it hasn't changed a great deal. It's just the the way that you get the information and the speed at which you get it has uh, is, is changed quite a bit. The digital photography now that comes over phones uh, has made it much, much easier to, to uh, grab the information and move it over. And uh, we can parlay that into the website as well as, uh, you know, Facebook and then promote the paper as it comes up, you know, tell people about events that we're doing, that kind of thing. So it helps a great deal in terms of promotion of the events that we do because we're not just a newspaper. We're, a, we're an events uh, uh, 
uh, events company. You know, we do uh, the U.S. Open, the California Open, two biggest uh, West Coast bass tournaments uh, in California, and then the Cabo Tuna Jackpot, which is the largest uh, tuna tournament in the world and the largest tournament uh, each year in Cabo um, or Mexico, as a matter of fact. So then we have the Big Bear Trout Fest, the Lake Havasu uh, Trout uh, Striper Derby, um, and we have a couple of different events that uh, that are a little bit smaller. So we've got a lot going on. We've always been event oriented, trying to get people involved, and uh, and yet take, putting the newspaper out in two editions, one in the north and one in the south. So we put those out on Monday, and we gather the information with a core of uh, probably fifteen writers uh, that gather the information and deliver it to us on uh, Sunday night, and then on Monday we go into production and it goes out to the printer on Monday evening. And then we have a digital edition that comes out Tuesday in the print edition uh usually hits the mailboxes and the tackle stores on wednesday thursday so um not a, a, a great deal has changed over the years it's still all about asking people what they caught and how they did it and what they caught it on and uh, or how, where they went hunting and that's really uh, a lot of what we do and, and continue and we'll continue to do long after i'm gone i'm a, a avid reader of western outdoor news uh, and i kind of likened it uh, to uh broadcast news as compared to newspapers i mean even on the internet a lot of times you just get the the gist of the story the headline but if you really want to get into the meat of something if you want to get names you want to get phone numbers you want to get uh locations you want to get referrals and other things uh take the time to read western outdoor news because that's really where you get the story and the backstory of what's coming off Oh, yeah. You know, it's so funny. We, we always joke about, you know, people say, oh, the, the newspaper is this, the newspaper is that, it's not this, it's not this. And I say, well, I'll tell you what it is. It's a great place for other people in the industry to take a look and see who actually pays for ads. Because uh, if, we're, if there's an ad in there, that means they're paying. They're not trading out. They're a legitimate customer, and they're in the business of promoting their company. So I would say that whether in the radio or other magazines or anything else, they, they see that ad in there, and next thing you know, they're calling them up and going, Hey, why don't you advertise with us? Because they know that we don't, you know, we don't give away ads, and so we never have. You can't keep the doors open doing that. So we are a. Uh, so it's kind of funny. That's one thing that we are. We're a great phone book for uh, <laughs> for, for rival publications and radio shows and internet uh, and websites. So, um, but we have a good r- rapport with a lot of our, uh, of course, with our readers, but also the reason we have a lot of readership. They're paid readers. This is not a controlled circulation where you throw a. 10, 15, 20, 80,000 publications out there and hope that they buy them and then you tell the advertiser, this is what you need to pay for this many. We actually have people spending $40 a year um, for the publication. And when they and when they do that, it's uh, it's meaningful. And they can also get the digital edition too, but it's it comes in the mailbox every single week. And it's something that uh, they look forward to, I think. And uh, in, even in the days of um, now with the Internet, it's uh, people like to, like to hold that paper and get it and, um, and uh, of course, there's other information they can get throughout the website. So if they see something they like in there, they can go see Clear Lake and that particular marina, that produced big fish. They can go on the Internet. They can check that marina and then get more details about that. It's a good reference thing, but I will tell you this, John. It, the best thing about the paper was always that it got people fired up about fishing and hunting. If you, if you got it and it came to your mailbox and you read it, and most people do, man, that's it. they just want to go fishing doesn't necessarily mean they're going to find out what's going to be biting tomorrow, but that, that it, it gets you into the culture of fishing and hunting, and it uh, draws you in and, and gets you much more enthusiastic, and that 
and that produces sales, you know, for, uh, it, it makes people want to listen to radio shows. It wants people to go out, go fishing, go out, uh, surf fishing. So that's what it's been fun for me to, uh, to have that. And also trying to track some of the, the news that's out there. Somebody, um, something happens in the industry that's uh, significant, uh, whether it's a, uh, legislation or uh, something coming down the line or a significant event or a tournament, we're there to, to cover it if it's significant. So uh, that's that's uh, part of me, part of being a journalist, you know what I mean? I, I know definitely what you mean, not that I consider myself a, a journalist by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, I have read stories in Western Outdoor News where I contacted people, and uh, it turned out to be interviews on the radio show. You know, Ron Real Radio is a guest-generated show, not necessarily a, a call-in show. I think the latest uh, we had was where the folks from uh, Big Bear Lake and talking about the, the new fish hatchery they're going to be putting up there, but also you have timely information when you talk about legislation, talking about things like the the new 360-day fishing license that we hopefully mm-hmm. will be seeing here in a little while. And a lot of, you know, you say, well, you know, yeah, I can get this information on the Internet, but there's a lot of things that you find in Western Outdoor News that are really pertinent to what we're doing that I don't think you, you can find anywhere else. No, it's, um, you know, it's a, it's a wealth of information. It's a well of information where it's gathered, you know, uh, you really, uh, you'll say, how many people do you have writing for you? I said, well, we have four full-time writers, and then we have uh, another core of almost 15 to 20 freelancers out there, and a, and a regular core of freelancers gathering up the information all the way from the tip of Baja all the way to the Oregon border. Uh, must There must be, I don't know, there's probably, I think there's 10 to 15 uh, regular people each week uh, getting that information covering about 300 lakes. So, a website is not going to do that. It's not going to find that for you. A radio show can't do that. You can kind of highlight, and it can, it's an entertaining. It's a media type thing. But the newspaper is a uh, is a is a is a place where we gather that information, and it's one reason why I think the paper will. It'll never sit on ABC. It's heyday, you know, of the years when you know uh, everybody read it because it was the only way to get that information uh, on a weekly basis because we didn't have the internet, didn't have faxes, you know, back in the days when it was started by Bert Twilliger. But um, it still serves a very sur- uh, important function out there um, uh, for the for the readers. And there's a, there's still a, we still have a lot of readers. I still say we, but uh, you know I'm not technically You're a still employee part of the now. Family? Sure. News. <laughs> it's a little strange <laughs> to say that and say that I'm not a, after 34 years. But uh, but no, it's a it's it's been a great it's been a great experience, and I've seen it grow from uh, you know I've, my my career is interestingly has spanned. You know, when I was working at the college newspaper in Santa Monica, the Corsair, I mean, we were doing, I didn't know it at the time, but I went down there in a little tour of the downstairs area, the college paper, and they were doing lead type, you know, lead yes. to lead type. I don't know if anybody even understands what that is, but taking the little pieces of lead and yeah. they melt them into the, into the, into the types of uh, uh, letters and, 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 and graphics that they wanted, and they were, and so... Then you see that in site, museums and now, uh, and then, and then digital, and you know now it's everything's getting on the phone. It's in the span of my thirty-four years, it, it's been it, it's incredible of the technology, and it's, uh, it's exciting for me because <clears throat> I've got three computers and a phone and an iPad and two websites and a, two Facebook pages, and I'm constantly on it. So I tell you this: if you don't innovate, you're going to evaporate, and I've always felt that way. That you uh, you have to. Uh, 
I know that we could probably put out a really fancy website, and I'm not really sure that's the the direction that uh, journalism, um, uh, in our, in our, at least for Western Australia, needs to go. I think it's a, a combination of things. Well, uh, so, Pat, uh, you'll probably appreciate this. I've got to take a break right now because I do have some paid sponsors that we have to hear from. But I know. Can you stay over <laughs> for another segment? <laughs> That sounds fantastic. I appreciate it. Uh, all right. Hey, this is Ron Real Radio on AM540 or at ronrealradio.com. We have Pat McDonald with us from Western Outdoor News. We're going to be talking to him a little bit more about Western Outdoor News and maybe try and go over if he remembers some of the highlights of his career for the past 35 years or so. So stay tuned. <laughs> There's still a lot more Ron Real Radio to come after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hi. 
I'm Chad, designer and owner of Hookup Baits. Hookup Baits jigs are the most realistic and effective jigs ever developed. The realistic action and looks of these jigs catch everything from crappie and trout to yellowtail and tuna and everything in between. In fact, in the last year, I have only thrown hookup baits and have caught close to 100 different species of fish. These jigs are so versatile and easy to use with eight different sizes and colors to match the hatch wherever you fish. You can fish them on top, you can fish them on the bottom, fast, slow, and even troll them. You can find these great jigs for fresh and saltwater fishing at hookupbaits.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your baitcasters, the PTA design has a new PTXA frame, Lighter, stronger, bone-crushing drag, quantum fishing. We are performance-tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. It's a big deal. You know, I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream, <laughs> That is just absolutely awesome. Hey, we do want to welcome you back to Rod Real Radio. Stan and Wendy are off, and you just heard from Hank Parker. Uh, just to give you an update, the Bassmaster Elite Tournament on Lake Champlain. Winner, Kevin Van Dam. He had a four-day total of 90.3 pounds. Those were all smallmouth bass. He won it going away with, with his fourth-day uh, weight of 23 12, if we get a little time during the show, too, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But congratulations, Kevin Van Dam, on winning this tournament on your 300th appearance in a BASS elite tournament. So, hey, our guest tonight is Pat McDonald, former editor of Western Outdoor News. But I don't think uh, he's uh, going in a place where we're not going to be hearing from him again. Pat, again, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me back. Hey, I appreciate that. Pat, uh, you know, you've written about so many things, and, uh, you know, I know it's hard to pick out one or two, but one of the things uh, I know that has to be, you know, like a high point of your fishing is chronicling this incredible tuna bite that we've had off our coast. And then, as you mentioned before, some of these really big fish, that are coming off like, uh, you know, Cabo San Lucas in that area. Oh, I know. Yeah, this bluefin bite is, going, is absolutely amazing. It looks like it's going to be a fishery that we're going to be able to enjoy for years to come. The volume out there, um, we've seen spotter planes from Sport Fishing Association of California were, were up. And they've seen just massive amounts of these fish. And not big, the big, really big ones. They've been seeing smaller ones, too, So uh, and rivers of them. So. This is a fishery that is uh, that we need to learn how to fish it, and I think we are. In this third year, I think, of, uh, of this big tuna uh, bite, we're starting to learn about the value of the yummy flyer and the different methods of balloon fishing and that kind of thing, and we're bringing a lot of these old techniques with the new tackle into the fore, and we're seeing that's why we're seeing these bigger fish coming. A lot of people have lost these fish in the past because we didn't have the line capacity, but now we have spectra. Uh, we have, you know, like Iser line makes incredible stuff. A lot of these fishing lines, we got great reels. Uh, the Yummy Flyer, what is this, uh, you're going to, I believe, have the uh, yep. the yep. owner uh, there. I just spoke to him yesterday because um, uh, we he's a sponsor of the Cabo Tuna Jackpot this year. Yummy, uh, oh, fantastic! Uh, y- yummyflyer.com. 
So oh, yeah. he is, he's a good old Georgia boy. Boy, I tell you, <laughs> that guy, he is, uh, yeah, he's, he, he really, that was a very interesting interview. When you have him on, he's going to give you some really uh, incredible in, insights into some of the lures he, he makes and uh, that. So enjoy that. Your well, listeners are going to enjoy Pat, him a lot. I had, so I had a tuned. chance. I, I went back east for the ICAST show, and then uh, uh-huh. I traveled a little up and down the coast into Tennessee and Carolinas and uh, uh, into Alabama, and I had a chance to meet uh, Jim Cara from the yeah. Carolina Lure Company, and you wonder how does a guy that lives in Hiawassee, Florida, that is by one of the best spotted bass lakes anywhere in the <laughs> state of Georgia, come up with a lure like that? It, interesting conversation, and I'm sure you found him to be interesting too. And uh, but yeah, yeah, it, he started. Yeah, he started designing in 2001. I mean, yeah. that was when. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, you know, so it's been an evolution. But yeah, you'll you'll get a great interview from him and uh, more on that later in your show. But no, the uh, the bluefin, yeah, the bluefin bite has been interesting. I've been out three times this year and haven't got one. We had a 150 pounder last year on my 18 foot boat. When you can catch 150 pound fish on an 18 foot boat, that's insane. But now they're getting 250, 260, 300 pounders on on small boats. On uh, by flying the kite, and it's it's, very, it's exciting. Every every week, it comes up with another amazing catch. So pretty what? pretty cool. And they're using a lot of these techniques down in Mexico now as well. So, Can you give uh, us a, a little taste? I know you said you're writing an article, but on this uh, uh, big uh, yellowfin tuna that came uh, off of Cabo San Lucas. Right. It was uh, well. It didn't come out of Cabo San Lucas. It came out of Loreto. It's, it's in oh, an area about thirty okay. miles outside of Espiritu Santo, out of La Paz. Uh, it's called El Bajo, and a friend of mine used to have a boat uh, in a partnership with Kit McNear, and our name of the boat was El Bajo because he loved that spot so much, and I fished it many times. It's big, big fish. Um, if it's it's just uh, it's it's a high spot out there, and it just attracts an incredible amount of a large fish. And these big tuna had been out there for about a week, and the and the uh, captains out of Baja Pirates out of Pichilingue had been seeing these fish for. Um, uh, a full week, and they had lost every fish they had hooked. And uh, this, so they went out with a little bit bigger uh, gear, 400-pound leader, 100-pound Iser line, a big Abbott 50 wide, and they threw a big Spanish mackerel out there, and this guy hooked up. On, and the guy, uh, John Colson, was on it for three and a half hours. Um, this was Tuesday. This was on Tuesday. And then he had to pass it off. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why he had to pass it off, but three and a half hours for anybody on a uh, on a fish using sure. mostly his arms. He's six foot five, two hundred and seventy pounds. He's a big boy, and so he showed his two his three sons with him on the boat. You never give up. And finally, the captain says, "Look, you know, if you want to get this fish, we need to put more pressure. Your arms are gone." And so he finally gave up the rod to the uh, to his son who pulled on it for about an hour, and then uh, Ivan, the uh, the captain eventually took over and finished it off. 427 pounds it taped out at. It was the same exact measurements as the elsewhere Tudos uh, fish out of Cabo San Lucas. They were about 150 miles out of Cabo when they caught that big fish about four years ago. But it's the same tape, and, of course, it's not going to be a world record because uh, three people uh, pulled on it. But uh, 427 pounds, it's incredible. And uh, there were other bigger fish probably out there that they uh, had not been able to stop for the past week. So, um, yeah, big tackle. You know, they're able to, they're able to bring them in. But that's uh, the yummy flyer using uh, heavy, heavy, heavy line and huge reels and using the rail and all this. This is allowing people to catch some of the fish that normally would have, uh, would have schooled them uh, in, uh, in years past. Wow. Well, you know, 
uh, I know that uh, you know tuna fishing has been a big part of uh, uh, what you've done, and and one of the the big events that you run every year, the Cabo Jackpot, has mm-hmm. really been a successful event, and that's something that's not going away. You're going to maybe be able to dedicate a little bit more time to that event. Yeah, that was one of the things that I wanted to uh, to, to continue to do. You know, I mean, part of the being, look, let's face it, let's be really honest here. Being an editor, you're managing people, and I think anybody who's in middle management. Uh, understands that there's a, you know, at some point, you know, you're going, okay, it's time to, you know, I wanted to go do something that I want to do instead of managing people who are doing the things that you're doing. And uh, as time goes on, I was, I wanted to go do something else. I wanted to concentrate on uh, writing and uh, traveling more and going out to the fishing areas and doing more hunting instead of being in the office uh, as much as I was. So, uh, but one of the things I really, really love is besides fishing on my own boat, um, or with other guys, with other with other sport fishers. I mean, I love going on sport fishers. The captains are amazing. The crews are incredible. But I like being on my own boat and hunting for uh, for, for fish. But it was to put on an event that the average person could get go into uh, and afford and go to Cabo and play like the big boys do in the Bisbees. Um, and I got that idea while I was fishing uh, um, in the Bisbees. And it was like 1995 or 96 I did that. And I thought, we could do this. We could do a tournament like this, but it would be less less money, less buy-in, and it uh, would be still exciting. It would make it real fun, though. You know, Bisbee's is pretty serious, you pretty bet. serious. It's serious money. It's $4 million. And so I wanted to make it more fun, a little more less serious, but still competitive. And so uh, over the years, it's evolved into a pretty pretty big event. First year, we had 112 teams in 1999, and, uh, and we had a 218-pound tuna and a 201 pounder uh came to the scales the first year and after that it was katie bar the door it just took off and uh you know when the recession hit it dropped down to about oh what did we get down to we had like 108 110 teams i don't know i can't remember and then uh then the, in the subsequent years we've in the last six years or so uh we've uh, we've built it back up to 168 teams last year and had the largest payout in the history of the event so 749,000 so and we made and we raised fifty thousand dollars for charity uh, to boot. So um, that was for kids' uh, cranial and facial surgery, you know, cleft palate. Uh, that uh, they do two clinics down there a year in Cabo. So charity, fun, fishing, Cabo, margaritas. How did you not go wrong? You know, <laughs> it, it it all works out. But it all know, works you, out. Yeah. But uh, you know, you've also been innovative too, like uh, up here in San Diego, working with Frank Orsetti over at H and M Landing with. Uh, that big event that was just last month that comes out that that shootout trying to get something going down here with the landings on on what is unquestionably the number one sports fishing fleet not only in the United States but almost anywhere in the world. No, I think we're unique in the world. And some of these, like <clears throat> I've been able, to, I've been very fortunate to be able to travel around the world to a lot of key fishing areas, uh, and I, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it, and it's uh, born of like the world war two boats that were available, you know, and it was, uh, the, it was a time when we needed to have inexpensive ways to get people out fishing in other areas of the world. Fishing is extremely, um, expensive. You got to yeah. charter a boat, you know, it's a very, it's, it's, it's not cheap at all. So, but in, but in our, in our world here, we're able to go out on these sport boats at a very reasonable price, walk off the boat after having great food and expert crews, captains that are hunters, and not have to wash the boat, and we can do it for 
150 to 200 200 dollars and have the experience of a lifetime sometimes but or just go on a three-quarter day or half day boat these things are just not available anywhere else but you're talking about that san diego jackpot and that was uh 17 uh, 16 boats involved there were about 300 anglers it was a one-day tournament it was an overnight trip and we were weighing in fish over 100 pounds uh, yeah. bluefin over 100 pounds um and and um so it was a yeah it was a it was a pretty big deal. I think it's the biggest uh, saltwater uh, sport fishing uh, landing uh, event on the coast anywhere, and I think it's one of the biggest that's ever been held in the last fifty years. Well, I'd like to see that event going. I, you know, just being at our industry show, the ICAST show last week, uh, uh, a number of people that I stopped by and visited with. Uh, uh, they're always asking, how's the fishing off of San Diego? Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> what are the opportunities with getting on aboard the boats, the fleet? They hear that the fleet is is number one, and and uh, all you have to do is just go out on one of the boats, and you get, as you said, you get all the amenities, and even more yeah. so that you might pri- find out going out with a, a private boat or, or a private charter company. These guys... They spend a lot of money on their business, and you get guys like Captain Taft and Captain Ursetti and Bobby Taft and every These guys, uh, you know, they know what they're doing. They go out, and they want to make sure that their customers have the best experience ever. Oh, yeah. yeah and you're seeing – you're kind of seeing a, a little um, change now. Before, it was all sport fishing guys, only the yachts, and then about 20 years ago, the outboards uh, started to improve. Uh, people could go out farther – and then you saw a lot more private boating uh, occurring. Now you're seeing what's interesting. You're seeing a lot of private boaters, but you're also seeing really the really good guys converting over to six-pack and four-man, uh, two, mm-hmm. two-person charters. You're seeing a lot of Parker 25s out there, you know, that are roaming around with customers. So we have a real diverse way of people to access, uh, you know, fishing, uh, either on their own boats, on party boats, or on these smaller charters, or on the big six-pack boats. So we have a wealth of ways to go out fishing. And, boy, I tell you, the fishing is amazing right now. I just want to make one point about sport fishing boats right now. A lot of these boats are running out really light loads because they're not into the albacore and the yellowfin tuna, you know, but the, but the fishing is really good. I don't know what it is about people. They can't seem to uh, to, get, uh, to make a choice to get on a boat, make the decision to get on a boat without looking at the counts and always thinking you've got to be have over 100 tuna on a boat before they get on or 200 yellowtail. The fishing is really good, and the light, the loads are really light. This is the time to go. I mean, I mean it. I mean, this is the best of the best time to go. And the chance of hooking a lifetime bluefin on a boat, uh, this is this is a, a rare opportunity, really, for people who don't have the access to a uh, to a, a, a their own boat and don't have the ability or maybe the expertise or the tackle to run a yummy for six, seven hours and do it four <laughs> or five days in a row and then and get one. You can get on a sports fishing boat and go and do it and have a shot at it. You know, if people just go to uh, Rod and Reel Radio on Facebook, the, they'll see the reports that have come in from the Ocean Odyssey and the Relentless oh. and the and the uh, Vendetta and the Legend and the Sea Adventure 2 and, uh, Fabulous. Uh, you know, Top yeah. Gun 80. I mean, and these are all from last week, and the counts are great. Now's the time to go out there and do it. Uh, uh, I think it'll only get better, and... It seems like, well, you know, this tuna bite, too, these fish, uh, last year they did the same thing. They were awful hard to handle. And, yeah, we maybe more people are using the yummy flyers right now to get these bigger toots, but these bigger fish. But it sure seemed like 
as we got later into the season, these fish started by uh, biting the fin bait and poppers and flat falls they're again. Doing, they're just John. They're starting to do that right now. Yeah. Last week was the uh, was the opening seat opening uh, salvo really, and uh, for them to to get off the little tiny anchovy and get on the bigger baits, and they're really hitting the yummy flyer. And this is going to be an incredible week this week because the weather's really good and flat and the good moon phase. It's going to be wild, I think, I think this week. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. And it's not just that, too. There's, there's pad, the, the, the water has really warmed up. We've got 70-degree water, 72, 73. We're not going to get albacore. Everybody just forget yeah. about it. You want to go get albacore, you have to go to, uh, you know, Santa Cruz, uh, you know, up to Oregon and, and go catch them. If you, have, if you really want to go get an albacore, you're going to have to go there. We're not going to get albacore this year. I, uh, so, I, we just sold 800 lures to a, a guide up in uh, uh, Oregon, and uh, what's he using them for? Albacore. So albacore, I, yeah. I did the Oregon Tuna Classic last year, and uh, we were in albacore, and I caught one, and I was like, holy crap. <laughs> I go, I just caught an albacore. This is incredible. My first albacore in 10 years. I mean, if that is the weirdest thing to say. I am. I, the, I, I will tell you this. I've heard from commercial guys and from people who are mapping the uh, the uh, the numbers of fish out there. We have a really good numbers of albacore. They are not extinct by any means. It's just that we just need to get them to come uh, in on this one migration pattern uh, up through Ba into our waters. The other migration patterns, they're all very consistent. For some reason, we're just uh, there's some sort of blockage uh, of warm water that we're still getting. The currents aren't just aren't right. But boy. When they are when they are right, they're going to be. It's going to be incredible. I'm hoping next year we uh, we get them. So, uh, but but for now, yellowtail, calico bass fishing is incredible. The halibut fishing has been amazing. I mean, it's it's really been good. So, um, you just have to pick your spots. But I will, you, you're talking about the counts. The counts are really good. But look at the numbers of guys on those boats oh, yeah. or people. Uh, they're not that high. They're not high. You're you're sharing you know sharing an 80 foot five foot boat with like 15 15 to 18 people. That's nothing. Hey, you Pat, know? Uh, we got to take another break right now. Can I hold you on for a couple <laughs> more minutes before we say goodnight to you? Well, that'd be fine. No yeah. problem. Hey, and we are speaking with Pat McDonald, former uh, editor for Western Outdoor News. Uh, we're going to catch up with uh, a, a couple of other items with Pat, but we're going to take a break right now. You're listening to Raw and Real Radio. We'll be back after these messages. Are you ready to sell your current boat and upgrade in preparation for the 2017 fishing season? It's sure to be one for the bucks. I'm Zach Zorn and a broker for Kessler Yachts located in San Diego. As one of the largest and most reputable brokerages on the West Coast, I can ensure that your boat will be sold in a timely manner or that your dream boat will be found. If you want to sell your boat or looking to purchase one, call Zach Zorn at Kessler Yachts, 760-815-8866 so that your name can be added to our long list of satisfied buyers and sellers. That's Zach Zorn, 760-815-8866. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. 
Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Don't you just love California in the summer? Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket and make sure the people you love wear one too. Love California, boat California, save California. Share the love at BoatCalifornia.com. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Real Radio. Stan and Wendy are off tonight. Our special guest here in the first hour is uh, former editor for Western Outdoor News, Mr. Pat McDonald. And again, Pat, thank you for being with us, sir. Thanks, John. Hope I'm not talking too much. Oh, <laughs> you know what? It, in radio, this is kind of a good thing, you know. Silence, <laughs> dead air, you know. I know. I get going, you know. You know me. I get going, especially if you put a couple beers in me. But uh, no, it's been it's been good, John. We talked about some of the things of uh, like some of the fun things that I've done, some of the things I'm really yes. proud of at the newspaper, and we were talking about that before off the air. And I'd have to say, I'd have to say, well, the, the Prop 132 was very integral in the uh, passage of of that getting AB1, which this is a Gillnet uh, initiative that was sure. back in 1999. And um, so it was, um, it was through the, it was very difficult for anybody to get anything done back then. It was everybody was very divisive and everything else. And so uh, Doris Allen got everybody together and I was on a committee, the Gillnet committee. And it was, a lot of it was just getting everybody to agree that we were going to go one direction instead of everybody going off in their own directions for their own selfish uh, reasons. And when we, everybody kind of got behind it and we just showed how, screwed up the legislative system was in managing our fisheries, we were able to show the only way we were going to get anything passed um, as far as gillnets was uh, through the uh, initiative process. And we ended up raising an incredible amount of money, and we worked with groups that we wouldn't think about uh, working with now. And sometimes you got to jump into bed with, you know, with, other, with other things, you know, and uh, sure. to get things done. And, um, and that's what we did. We got that passed, and the gillnets have been out of the water, and I think the white sea bass fishing um, and a lot of other fisheries have really benefited a great deal by having the gillnets out three miles and, out, and outside the island. So that was a real satisfying thing to have that uh, go through and pass. You know, it's a it's a big deal. So um, and there's been other there's been other stories that I've covered the sinking of the Eric and that kind of thing, which was uh, which was a, uh, a tragedy. Uh, it was about four years ago, I think, and it was a um, the boat sank uh, off of uh, you know, on a trip out to the Midriff Islands, 
uh, Chabasco hit and seven anglers uh, died on the boat. So uh, in the sinking. So covering that story was uh, was was quite a piece of investigative journalism, I think, and that brought back a lot of fun memories of uh, working on a daily newspaper and digging for the facts because it really was difficult to get them. Uh, but uh, but I ended up talking to a lot of the guys on the boat and finding out really why it sank and what happened and then what and how these guys all survived and how, and how some people died and then how the, how they found the boat and, and discovered and they brought back the remains of three bodies so it was a year long kind of a um, story that uh, that I kept up on so that was uh, a fun aspect too so there's been a lot of you know and there's been dozens and dozens of those kinds of things but uh, those were those were two big ones that stick out in my mind. Pat, I have lived vicariously through your uh, writings, not only when talking about catching big fish, but also some of the places that the paper has taken to. Is is there any place in your mind that kind of stands out to say, hey, I'd like to go there again, or I was there at a time where it'll never be the same? Oh, oh my God. I think, you know, it's it's funny. It's hard to, uh, I mean, this trip, a trip to El Salto was exciting for me, you know, catching all those, catching bass, you know, uh, biggest bass I've ever caught in my life, you know, Cedros Island or Sitka, you know, being able to go up there and, and discover the Sitka. When I was, uh, when I went up there, uh, my dad, um, I think the, the, the fishing trips are kind of have a different flavor to all of them, you know, and the reasons why you enjoyed going out. It might have been because you caught the biggest fish of your life, or it might have been because you discovered this incredible city and this great fishery. And that was uh, the case with uh, Sitka. I went up there. My dad introduced me to a couple of young kids, um, Seth and Heath, and uh, they were in a booth, and there was a, a bald eagle at the Fred Hall show, and they were sharing yes. a booth, and, this old, and I met these two, these, these two young guys. And my dad said, you got to meet these guys. They're going to take a halibut fishing up in Alaska. They were just out of college, and they had started a, uh, a sports fishing operation up there, and they had grown up in, in Sitka, and they had had no other operations were up there except for those that were just serving uh, some of the um, some of the cruise ships. They drove cigar smoking guys in a t-shirt, and they take the guys out and they they catch some small salmon right there, and they put them back on the boat. And I so I went up there and I said I'll, I'll go up and, and see it. You know I'll check I'll check it out. It'd be fun. If you, and so we set it up and we were headed up there. My dad had a heart attack down in San Quentin. He was uh, and so I he, he, he was not able to make the trip uh, about uh, six months later. And so I took a friend of mine up there, American Airlines pilot. He already had his ticket for free, so he went up with me, and we discovered how incredibly good this Sitka was. And it was basically Seth and Heath. Their moms uh, were his, their mom was making sandwiches for the for the people staying at the hotel, and they would get on their their two boats, and then or uh, either Seth or Heath, and then we'd go out fishing. And it was the most incredible fishing I've ever had. You know, just. Uh, Salmon after salmon after salmon, and big halibut and huge lingcod. Back when there were very few restrictions up there in Alaska, and I came back and I wrote about it. And it, at that point, they had just bought a uh, a house up on the hill, and they, that's their current lodge that they've had for the last twenty one years now. So it was uh, fun to be able to do a big story about this and show what a great fishery is in these great, you know, um, this great operation that was just beginning. And they've taken, of course, to the uh, to the to the upper levels. And now there's like five or six lodges up there in Sitka, you know, um, as a result of their success 
um, in starting it. So that was fun. And then the Amazon trip, I went to Amazon in Brazil. That's, if you've never done that experience, that's an expensive experience, but it's a thrilling experience. You know, it's um, dangerous. You know, uh, you're, you know, you can be eaten, you know, <laughs> everything there has teeth. So, so, but it's wild, man. To catch a peacock bass in a lagoon, you know, you're throwing a big popper and to have a, one of those big peacocks of 15, 18, 20 pounds explode on it, it is like having a tuna explode in a, in a quiet lagoon. You just, and you're using 80 pound line on a bass outfit and the line is ripping water, ripping through the water, like, like tearing paper. That's what it sounds like because you can't let them go anywhere, but you have these, and, and that was, that was, uh, I just looked at myself and I said, what am I, what is, this is the craziest experience I've ever had, you know, fishing in Brazil in the, in the, in the jungles of the Amazon. So, and, um, you know, other trips, I've done five trips to Panama, eight trips to Costa Rica. I don't know. I've been to Baja, you know, just all over Baja pretty much, you know, so I've had a, I've had a, I've had a hell of a fun time and I'm going to continue to have fun times. I know uh, 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 you've obviously written about a lot of events that happened, but I've I've got to say that one event that, that you wrote about that I couldn't be more prouder of fishermen was what happened down in Cabo San Lucas after the big hurricane hit down there. And mm. Can you relate that story over to us real quickly? Yeah, right. And, yeah, it was 2012. It was uh, 2012. 13 was the uh, Hurricane Odile that came through, and it just absolutely devastated the area. You know, Cabo very rarely ever gets a direct hit, and I mean rarely. But this one here, when it whipped around, the back ends went, uh, came through. They thought they had gone through this hurricane. It was all fine and good. You know, it was only, you know, 80, 100, 120-mile-an-hour winds. But the back ends are the ones that spin through at a much higher rate of speed, over 200-mile-an-hour. Some are saying it was a Category 4, it was a 5. It, was, it might have been bigger. Uh, on the back end when that was winds whip and it just devastated that place just tore the place to pieces and and we had the tournament i think uh it was like a month and a half later after yeah. the hurricane the bisbees uh they ran their trip their tournament but a lot of people canceled uh their stuff and, and people were asking me do you want to cancel the tournament and i said absolutely not um i'm not going to cancel the tournament um, we're going to have the tournament. If you're, if you're going to support Mexico and you're going to support the people of Mexico, uh, you you don't cancel. You you step right in and you and you and you and you make it possible. And I think people really appreciated that down there. And boy, the the government of Mexico wanted to protect its uh, tourism investment, of course. And so they came in en masse, stopped the rioting. Uh, it wasn't rioting so much; it was more of like uh, basic thievery. But there was a lot of uh, bad guys running around, you know, robbing people and that kind of thing. And they they put a stop to that very quickly, and I mean, they put a stop to it in a way that Americans would would go, "Oh my God, they can't, they shouldn't have done that." But they yeah. were picking people off with sharpshooters. I mean, they stopped it, and then they started the uh, the act of rebuilding that uh, that whole region, and it was incredible. Um, the the speed at which they did it, they just hired they hired the local people who needed jobs, and they just massive numbers of people, and they just started. You, you want to work? So here's a broom. You know, come back and we'll pay you for the, your day, you know. And uh, the president of Mexico just led a, uh, an incredible effort to, uh, to, to, to bring that town back to, uh, to where um, it's, it, and it's, you know, it, now you would, you know, it was, took about two years for it to recover. Um, but now it's, it's massive. You just, it, when I went down there, I've never seen it so busy. And uh, the development is, in, is incredible. And I think that's the important thing that we have to remember about Mexico and our relationship as Americans. 
is that you want Mexico to thrive. You want them to develop tourism. It's a so, it's a soft, safe industry. And uh, and the way that you know the people talk about illegals here and everything else, it's the, the greatest wall in the world is to have economic uh, prosperity in Mexico, so that they don't have to come to the United States if they if they don't have to. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the most important thing. And I think us contributing to that to their economy, and also uh, when we go down there, we make it uh, a big part of the our tournament to do uh, charity work as well. I don't want to come down there and just come down. Hey, we're having a tournament. We're going to have fun. We're going to make money, and then we're going to go home. You have to contribute something to the uh, to the uh, to the economy and also to uh, the charity aspect and helping some of the, some of the kids because you, you can't do enough. You really can't. Well, you know, just you running the tournament is a contribution in itself when it comes to the goods and services and taxes and everything that the fishermen uh, pay for. But in that particular the year, the fishermen that were down there also very unselfishly gave to support. You know, people that they didn't even know, but uh, supporting yes. a place they loved. Right. A lot of sport fishing counties, they had lost their homes. These guys aren't rich guys, and so these, some of these houses uh, were extremely uh, damaged. And so guys are just walking up with a check. You know, here, take this, take this, and then we did auctions and that kind of thing. We ended up raising over $50,000 to help rebuild some of these some of the homes. I think there were like 18 homes that we... Uh, we completely rebuilt or uh, helped uh, put, uh, you know, or helped fix some aspects of the houses. So we were able to do that. It's a small thing, but it was is what is it was what we could do. And all you have to do, I think, sometimes is just to provide the information and the conduit by which these things can be done. And people will step forward and they'll and they will help. And that's what people did. It was a feel good, feel good feeling, and uh, and it was uh, one of the most uh, satisfying uh, tournaments that uh, we've ever done. And I've done 19 of them down there. Well, Pat, your career with Western Outdoor News uh, is tough to condense in just a few short segments of Rod and Reel Radio, but, you know, we tried to do it, and I'd like to have you come back again as you now go to this next transition in your life and talk about some new projects. It's got to be kind of uh, nice to not have to worry about a deadline as uh, urgently as, as it had been in the past. <laughs> no, that's very true. Although right now, after I get off, I'm gonna have to go home. I have to write <laughs> Baja reports, and I have to write a feature about the 427 pounder. So I'm, uh, I actually do have deadlines. Just I just don't have as many of them. But uh, but thank right. you, John. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. I thank all of your listeners for uh, for for sharing. Pat, and if uh, people want to keep up with you and what you're doing, and get little tidbits of the things that you're thinking about or writing about, how's the best way to go about doing it? Well, I still write for Western Outdoor News and that kind of thing. So um, those those two projects right there, and I'll be still be writing for them. And then occasionally I'll be writing for some other uh, publications, local and national here. So uh, working on that. So uh, at this point, that's what's happening. I think I've got a lot of Facebook friends, and so they're, they're kind of following my adventures. But a lot of them are like eh, following my, my grandchild as she runs around, you know. So <laughs> yeah. that's, that's another reason why I retired is that uh, I get an opportunity to to go and see my granddaughter who lives in St. Louis and then visit my kids a little bit more. So uh, a little I, more independence, a little more freedom, and uh, enjoying the things about life that you really are important. I sympathize there, and I hope to be reading about you on your private boat getting on out there and hooking up with one of those big bluefin in the not-too-distant future. Well, I haven't got one this year, but I will. I promise you that. All right. Pat McDonald, former editor of Western Outdoor News. Pat Thanks a lot for sharing this time with us. I enjoyed it immensely, and I look forward 
to having you again on the radio show. Appreciate you sharing your life with us. My pleasure. All right. Hey, we're going to take a break right now, but coming up next, Bill Wilkerson, owner-operator of Malahini Sports Fishing. We're going to try and get a hold of Bill and uh, just find out what's up with Malahini Sports Fishing. You're listening to Rod and Reel Radio on AM540. Stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. Share the love at BoatCalifornia.com. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a bit set back with just what company to go with? Rod and Reel Radio urges you to try American and family-owned Land's End Charters. Land's End Charters offer their clients affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with their brand-name fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a family-run business with over 50 years of experience. Go to LandsEndCharters.com to see all the current vessels and amenities available and call Cabo Greg or Jenny directly at 800-281-5778 when you're ready to get fishing. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. has got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in La Mesa at 619-466-8355. 
Attention Rod and Reel Radio listeners. Be sure to check out the Code Group mobile app. You can listen to the Rod and Reel Radio show live along with show archives without internet access. The Code Group app has all kinds of cool features for fishermen, including daily Southern California saltwater reports, weather reports, episodes of inside sport fishing, marine traffic, and much more. Get the free Code Group mobile app by texting the word REEL, R-E-E-L, to 90407, or enter the words CODE GROUP in the App Store on your smartphone. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career, and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Hey, we want to welcome you back to the second hour of Rod and Reel Radio. I am your host, Hop along john cassidy stan and wendy they're off tonight wendy's fishing on the searcher in the on the iser line the turner outdoors uh trip stan is getting his infusion of culture under the stars of the hollywood bowl so that's really good so we appreciate you sticking with us hey i'm back from being gone from a couple of days I had the opportunity to travel back to Orlando, Florida, where we had our industry show. And after that, I took a couple of side trips. And I actually took up a promise that a couple of guys, uh, uh, they promised me. I wanted to take advantage of it, see what they were doing. We visited with the mayor of uh, uh, Daytona, uh, Tennessee, and saw what was happening there with bass fishing. And then we also had the opportunity to go up to Hiawassee, Alabama. Well, you ask yourself, what the heck is happening in Hiawassee, Alabama? Well, we're going to tell you what's happening right now with our next guest. He is the owner of Carolina Lure Company. He makes a lure that you've probably been hearing about in the past couple of years, but especially this season with the offshore bite with the big bluefin tuna. I want to introduce you all again to Mr. Jim McCarra. Jim, welcome to the show, sir. Hi, John. Hello from Hiawassee, Georgia. Hey, that is great. Did I say Hiawassee, Alabama? I hope not. Yes, sir. Oh, that is terrible. <laughs> because when no, it's all right. When I I called you up to see if you were available for us to come and visit you, I was in Alabama, and I told you I'd gone right. through a really beautiful area of Alabama, and you came back and you told me, hey. You haven't seen anything beautiful until you've come to visit us there in Hiawassee. And i got to tell you, you were definitely spot on. Yeah, it's pretty country around here. It's, you know, the, the Smoky Mountains and all that. So, Well, you know, before we talk about Carolina Lures, I just want to, first of all, thank you for your hospitality, uh, coming on up to see you. But you also took me to a place that's one of the most unique places I've ever been to in Georgia. And you want to relate that experience on to my listeners? Sure, yeah. We uh, we went up on a, a mountain called Bell Mountain, uh, which overlooks Lake Chattooga, beautiful Lake Chattooga. And uh, you're right on the North Carolina line. You have Smoky Mountains all around you. The Blue Ridge Mountains is beautiful. And uh, we, had, we went up there with uh, John and his lovely wife and uh, some friends and uh, had, had a great day. Got rained on. And because uh, we couldn't see the rain coming from the other side of the mountain, but but it was really fun. We really enjoyed your visit, John. You know the industry's so small. You know we all tend to know each other, or, or, or at least by reputation. And it was really good to get the to, to, to you know have a meal with you guys and, and just visit. Well, it was good to not only visit with you, but your lovely wife, but also to get to see the face behind the voice and to talk a little bit about 
the success you've made out of the Carolina Lure Company. And, and we just had Pat McDonald on, and Pat said for, he's a former editor of Western Outdoor News. He was telling me that he had the opportunity to talk with you during the week, too, and you're going to be a sponsor of one of his big events. Yeah, we're yeah we're helping sponsor the one tuna tournament down there in Cabo, and uh, there was a record jackpot one on the uh, it won in that tournament last year, the highest jackpot ever, and it was caught on one of our lures, the Yumby Flying Fish. Yeah, but uh, you know, not only is it a uh, uh, you know a, a tournament where you're fishing for a lot of money, but also, and I'm sorry you didn't get a chance to hear the interview, but also that tournament in charity has given a lot back to the local community over there. So it's a win-win situation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, that's the kind of things we want to support. All right. Hey, you know, uh, again, Carolina Lure Company, you know, the one thing, you know, that was a question in my mind is how did a fellow with one of the most successful saltwater lures that we've seen out here on the West Coast in catching some of these huge bluefin tuna how did he get started and you know the company being in what is actually one of the uh, spotted bass capitals of georgia how how, how did this thing all evolve uh, jim well it started uh you know you could read on carolinalures.com it's called the million dollar lure story i just started making lures as a kid and uh of course i was an active duty marine a career marine and uh yeah, I knew I was going to retire, and I just always loved fishing lures. I, I, I'd love to catch a fish on something that I'd made myself, and it was always a dream of mine. So before I retired, I started it uh, in eastern North Carolina, and, uh, you know, just very successful lures, simple lures that catch fish real well. And, uh, of course, you know, the Yummy's world famous. It's the legend now. But, um, but you know, it's just something I started there, and uh, we moved inland a few years back and raised our kids, you know, from our, in our hometown, uh, you know, I married my high school sweetheart uh, back in 1981 and joined the Marines. And so we just been together, been all over the world together, fished everywhere just about, and uh, came back here. That's how, it, I guess that's the best way to explain that. Let's uh, let's talk about just the basic yummy lure. Well, what type of an evolution and, and testing did you have to go through? Because it's a soft plastic lure, and it, it isn't something that you could just make and you go, hey, I think this is going to work. Uh, you had to have gone through a lot of testing, uh, maybe even a few failures, before you got this thing to work the way it works. And tell us, what is the action of the yummy lure that is making it so successful right now? Yeah, yeah. Th- thanks, John. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's really kind of a funny story because uh, the bait was built out of necessity because, uh, I, I mean, I'd be offshore fishing behind the wheel of the boat and just watching tunas, mostly yellowfins, absolutely running flying fish and wouldn't hit anything we threw at them. There was nothing we could try that would get a bite. And I figured, well, if I could ever make a lure that would do that, uh, that would imitate a real flying fish, we'd be in business. And uh, we were able to do that. And you can read on the emmylure.com site the story of the uh, of, of the evolution of the bait. We actually started with a big old plastic bug that had wings on it. And uh, you know, began to play with that and experiment with it and trolling in and flying it off of kites and changing wing angles and all that. And ultimately ended up really what was amazing was that our first prototype mold um, absolutely was perfect. I mean, it just amazed me. Uh, you know, that had to be almost divine intervention right there <laughs> because, as you know, as a lure designer yourself, that doesn't usually happen. And uh, uh-huh. it just it, it, it writes itself, lands upside down, it'll write itself, it flies, it skips, 
and uh, it's just been a fantastic, uh, fantastic day. Now, uh, tell us about some of the successes you've had on the East Coast there, and then how did that translate to what we were doing out here on the on the West Coast? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, one of the, one of my original ideas was to use it under the fishing kite. And, um, of course, you know, it's big in Florida for sailfish with live bait and so on and so forth. But uh, I remember we were testing the first prototypes on a friend of mine's boat out of Moorhead City, and they were laughing. What do they think they're going to do with a rubber fish and a kite? Well, they're not laughing anymore. I mean, it, it really uh, became somewhat of a secret for a little while. And then uh, I think it was Captain Ron Whitaker in the Big Rock Tournament realized there were no tunas at all had been caught. And at the last minute, he put up the kite with the Emmy, and a lot of people saw it. So, I mean, it has been just a great lure uh, from, uh, you know, he won, I think he took, I don't remember the exact point, I think he took first, second, third, or maybe first and second. But anyway, he was able to win all the money right there, uh, you know, using the yummy. And uh, it's been a great bait from the Florida Keys on black fins and, you know, in the Bahamas under the kite for yellow fins and the blue fins off of North Carolina and further places north. It's just been a, been a great lure, been very successful. You know, it gets the leader out of the water. Gets the bait skipping across the top of the water there and uh, flying through the air, and the tunas just can't resist it. Where is the farthest away a yummy flyer has gone or has been sent to or has been used that you've heard of that you, you just kind of shake your head and go, just incredible? Yeah, it, it's absolutely amazing. From the Persian Gulf to the to the Far East, uh, New Zealand, Africa, I, I don't, I, I don't know. It's been everywhere, but I tell you this: there's people fishing all over the world. Both, uh, you know, people who are fishing for subsistence uh, to rich, you know, uh, fishing operations and yachts. Uh, people that own jets have flown to pick these things up. Um, you know, it, it's just been, a, it's just been very, it's been a blessing to be honest with you. Well, it, it certainly has. Now, we're talking about right now the original yummy flyers and sure in the in the years you know since you first came up with the idea there's been kind of an evolution of this bait and and tell us about some of the uh uh the spinoffs of the uh, the original yummy flyer that's available now sure yeah the next one we built was a was a seven inch model and there's two versions of that one is uh Got the wings sticking straight out. It's got a radical surface action. The other one, the wings are swept back, kind of like a fighter jet called the Delta Wing Flying Fish. That that really trolls well off a rod tip. If you want to, you want you can rig it in line, you know, like you would a hard bird or whatever. And uh, those seven inch are very popular. In fact, there's some people that swear, you know, that that's the only one you need. But uh, and then we've got a little four inch mini model that's very successful. Catches a lot of big fish. It amazes me how a four inch lure. A foreign swine fish catches these huge lures. It's just difficult to get a picture because they chew them all to pieces. And then uh, we've got the uh, swimming nine inch, which, you know, goes under the water. It, it's made to troll underwater. And I would tell the guys out there, if you're kite fishing, you know, yummies under a kite on the surface and flying them that way, I definitely would recommend dropping one of those subsurface models back behind the boat. Sometimes guys are even putting them on Z wings to keep them down and catches some really nice fish like that, you know, that, uh, that are accompanying that flying fish. And then, you know, I'm most excited about our new 8-inch. We call it the Super Yummy. It's ejected in one piece. It's uh, got a little different wing angles. It trolls superbly. You can troll it off a long rigger or, or off of a rod tip even. Uh, cast it, flying under a kite. Got multiple hook options, man. We're really excited about it. We worked on this one for about 10 years. Literally worked on this bait wow. for 10 years to get the action that we wanted. Now, you know, you're uh, 
you're explaining some of these, and you've done a great job giving us a visual description. But if people want to see these baits, because I know not every dealer can carry every style, every color, where the, sure. can they go? And then I believe off your site that if you want to try and purchase a, a couple of three or whatever it is, you can also do that. So where do people go for that, Jim? Yeah, go to Carolina Lures, like North Carolina, carolinalures.com. Uh, you can also see some rigging information on YouTube under Carolina Lures. And uh, you know, that's very popular. A lot of people are learning how to rig off of that. And uh, also we have a second site called Yummy Lures, Y-U-M-M-E-E, lures.com. But the main site is carolinalures.com, and, of course, that YouTube channel is uh, is pretty popular. And I think most of your retailers now are carrying them. Well, you know, I've, I've tried to send you a couple of articles, but you are probably being bombarded with articles from not only all, all over out here on the west but also on the east on, on people that are your, using your lure and or referring to your lure and showing how it's set up and everything like that. It's kind of a phenomenal thing out here, but what we're taking as being extraordinary, you're taking it, you see it as the ordinary. Yeah, that's what it, that's what we designed it to do. And, uh, you know, it just it just so happens that we're blessed to have those big fish there off of Southern California. And, and I mean, that's the right, that's the right lure. It's the right method to catch those things. And, and, and just for listeners to understand, when you get a flying fish in, you know, skip along the surface, there's a prey drive in a tuna. They, by instinct, they've got to chase that thing. And uh, it's amazing, uh, you know, that we've marked them, you know, on fish finders, you know, 600 feet deep. And I uh, watched them just work a pattern and watch them come up to those flying fish around that kite. I don't even know how they see it that deep, but, boy, they sure will come up and, and they'll chase that flying fish and eat it. Hey, Jim, I know you're on a little early, and I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Uh, than we talked about, but uh, we got to take a break right now. Can I get you to stay on sure. for a few more moments, and we'll talk a yes, little sir. more? All right. Yes, sir. Hey, you're listening to Ron Real Radio. Our special guest for this hour is Jim McCara from Carolina Lords, the producer of the Yummy Flyers. Stay tuned. We're going to find out more about Yummy Flyers and how to fish them and maybe what's in the future for Carolina Lure Company. But you got to wait. We got to take a couple of messages right now. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Don't you just love California in the summer? Just remember if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket and make sure the people you love wear one too. Love California, boat California, save California. Share the love at boatcalifornia.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. 
H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hey, everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. Share the love at BoatCalifornia.com. And we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, if you have any time left in July, August, or September that you can get away, now's the time to call Cedros Outdoor Adventures. Call Jose over there. The fishing at the island has been phenomenal. Been seeing the reports. I was back east, but I was reading the reports from Cedros Island. If you're after calico bass, great. Lori Heath, who uh, we've had on the show before, she caught herself a 60-pound black sea bass. Rob, her fiancé, yellowtail like you can't believe. Now's the time to book. So get a hold of Jose at Cedros Outdoor Adventures. And if you've got time in the next couple of months, book a trip. Find out what dates are available, if any at all, because now's the time to go. Hey, we are speaking, too, now with Jim McC- McCarry, he is uh, from Carolina Lords, uh, the makers of the Yummy Flyers. And, Jim, I know we're three-hour difference over there. I want to thank you for taking some of your Sundays off, uh, some of your Sunday off to be with us, because Sundays, I know, are extremely special to you. Yes, sir. Thank you for having us. Hey, that is great. You know, we, we talked about the Yummy Flyer. What is it about the Yummy Flyer and the action of the Yummy Flyer that, um, uh, you know, uh, imitates uh, a sailfish because I I just, I find it hard to believe that this plastic lure can leap up and out of the air and that that big fish are actually picking it off out of the air uh, and and giving a fisherman the experience to, to catch these big boys. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely one of the most thrilling things in the world to see it. You know, one of my favorite fishing has always been top water fishing for bass or anything, really. And uh, I'm going to tell you, but to see these, you know, 200-pound-plus tunas 
you know, just absolutely catch this thing in midair or, you know, blow up on it on the water. It's just absolutely amazing. And we're seeing a lot of pictures from uh, coming from California where they're absolutely engulfing and inhaling, inhaling the enemy flying fish. It's, uh, it's really a sight to see. So, yeah, but they absolutely, it just, it really works. It fools them. Uh, you know, it's just got that surface action. It's, it's very erratic, uh, like a flying fish trying to get away. And, uh, you know, it's just something apparently they can't resist. You know, now, uh, just another thing, Jim. I know there are a lot of fishermen trying to take the yummy flyer out here and trying to adapt it so that they control it without the use of a balloon or a kite so they can get more people involved in the process yeah. of fishing the lure. Have you given some thoughts of, of doing something like that and coming out with a, a yummy flyer that will make that happen? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no doubt, no doubt. Um, you know, some guys are doing that, you know, uh, have done it with the original ones, rigged them in chains and so on and so forth. And, you know, pulling a chain of flying fish is a good, is a good system. But the new 8-inch Super Yummy, and that, that's my recommendation right there, just the way the wing action is on it, uh, just absolutely will troll real well. And, uh, you know, you can put it out on a long rigger or off a rod tip or whatever and uh, can really get a bite. And don't, don't underestimate the ability to cast and retrieve these things, you know, like I'm a lot of guys like to throw poppers, throw one of them soft plastic yummy flying fish and, and work it across the top of the water. It's spectacular. I mean, whether you're throwing a little four inch minis for Dorado, you know, when you find them out there or you're throwing the, uh, the larger models to, to tune on the surface, it's absolutely a fun way to fish. Now the four inch model, you know, when, when I saw the variety that was available from Carolina Lords and the yummy flyers, I, I, I kind of looked at that with a jaundice eye, but, you know, I, I shouldn't doubt what you tell me, Jim, because of the fact that everything has worked out uh, with the yummy flowers and worked out better than anticipated. This this four-inch, are are they flying them the same way that they're flying the uh, seven, eight, and nine-inch yummy? No, typically not. Typically the four-inches are used, uh, like I said, either casting and retrieving or uh, – <clears throat> They'll use them rigged on droppers in front of a, in front of a, another yummy, say an eight inch super yummy or seven inch delta wing, or or even another lure. And uh, you, what you'll do is that you'll see uh, you know a school these little four inch flying fish and they're jumping and, and they're 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 spatting on top. They spat the water. I don't know a better word than that. That sounds kind of hillbilly and southern, <laughs> but you know they're they're splashing on top of the water right there as they're jumping and it creates an illusion. And a lot of the guys in the Northeast Canyon, especially fishing for the big guy, big eye tunas and Bluefins, they're convinced. They tell, I'll tell me that they're convinced that using those four-inch minis has a certain certain sound that the big guys must really like. That those big tuna hear that because they'll, they'll hone in on that rig every time. I've watched billfish do it. I mean, fishing and, and watch you know marlin sails and and so on and so forth. They'll come in there and they'll hone in on the one with those four-inch minis in front of the, the chase lure. And now, tell us uh, with the yummy flyers. Tell us a little about color and. The holographic or the uh, the the flake that you have in there, uh, uh, the colors that are available in the Yummy Flyers right now. Yeah, basically we have uh, three body colors, and the backs are have are different uh, different color options. The most popular seller is certainly the blue backs. Uh, the silver uh, clear plastic with silver glitter is very popular, as is the uh, the hologram. And then we make one that has a pearl. And uh, it has a little floating mixture in it, which toughens the plastic a little bit. And uh, I'll tell you, all, all of those get hit. Um, some of the guys that, that, that they like they like a little bit darker baits, uh, and they think they're easier to see. But 
But to be honest with you, I don't know that color matters that much to the to the fish. They see the flying fish, they see the shadow, they see the action, and, and they're and they're nailing them. Well, and uh, it doesn't seem to matter which color the guys are buying them. It would seem to be that way. But when you say that you've actually had testimonials and seen evidence that those fish from 600 feet, for somehow yeah. are attracted to that yummy flyer splashing along a boat that might be traveling at uh, eight. Eight knots, ten knots. Do you have a recommended uh, uh, speed to travel uh, and, and uh, troll the yummy flyer at? Yeah, the, the bait will work from absolute zero speed. I mean, like if you're on anchor, you can just drift one behind the boat, and if there's any current wave action, it'll it'll, it'll rise to the surface. <laughs> so, so I mean, from that speed up to about seven and a half, eight knots is seven and a half is probably I would consider ideal under a kite because uh, the action is good. Uh, you can get them up a little faster if you want, but but right around that range, seven and a half to eight, um, and, and your line's going to come tight quicker. I understand you got you got the line from the rod tip going up to the kite, then down to the lure, and the faster you're going, the quicker that's going to come tight. Luckily, that the yummy is so realistic and feel, and that's all made in the USA plastic. Is it made in the USA lure, the plastic? Everything's engineered here, and so it has a lifelike feel. So they so they will hang on to them. If not, absolutely swallow them. You'd be surprised how many of these are cut out of. The bellies of a of a big tuna, you know. So, but yeah, that that's that's the ideal speed on that. Anything in between, guys are using them on long range boats under helium balloons, and you know, letting it go away from the boat and cranking it back real fast. Um, and a lot of those fish are, are getting hit, you know, as they're as the, as the flying fish is leaving the boat. Um, some some ideal conditions. I know on the East Coast, or sometimes when the Gulf Stream current is working against the wind, and you can absolutely set that kite off. And you want to I have a lot of calls on this. You want that kite running off to the beam or the side of the boat, uh, more so than behind it, because these tuna can be you know real boat shy. Sure. And but uh, sometimes in that Gulf Stream, you can get you can set that kite so that it looks like the flying fish are being scared by the boat, and <laughs> it is just absolutely. Uh, you know, so such a realistic presentation that the, the seemingly tunas that otherwise won't bite or real, real shy of the boat, you can take that kite and put them fish, put that uh, the yummy flying fish right through the tunas. We have a, a young fisherman that we've had on the show, and I tried to get him on uh, the show tonight, but he said, "Hey, sorry, John, uh, I'm still be out there fishing." Uh, uh, Billy Kellerman, he had three fish last week, one uh, taped out at almost 300 pounds. And he says, I'm fishing that thing so far back that I'm using binoculars to keep an eye on the yummy flyer to see if it gets hit. Yeah, Yeah, you know, that's common, too. I mean, I know guys that will fish them that far back when they they feel the need to. And that's where you you asked about colors, and that's where a lot of guys start going to the pink. Uh, You know, it's just easier to see the lure back there. And that uh, we have a pink back, uh, a flying fish, you know, and, a, and a, you know, a purple, a green, a black, and a blue. But that pink one, that you know, for the low light conditions or when they're far behind the boat. Look, I know some. I, I've got some friends of mine that run charter boats that'll just run one off their bridge rod, you know, at, uh, and and they're so far back there they can't see the Lord until it gets hit. You know, <laughs> that is, you know, I just find that to be amazing. You know, we're finding it amazing to see these types of fish right off of our. Our coast, and you know, you expected. As a matter of fact, uh, I think we had Pat McDonald said that the um, there was a fish that was uh, just caught uh, down off of Loretto that went uh, uh, 400 pounds plus. Plus, that was caught wow. on the Yummy Flyer. It's it's just remarkable, Jim, the success that your lures have seen. And I've just got a 
I'll thank you with staying with it because I'm sure there were times when you were going, what the heck am I doing this for? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it, you know, it's sort of a feast or famine business. It's a niche market. Um, you know, even at a bike like this, there's not that many people doing it. But uh, we, we, we really take pride in it. We're proud that, that we still make lures in the, in the USA. And, you know, uh, we love to, to provide a good product. If we make a mistake somewhere, we always want to fix it as soon as we can. Right. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. It feels good when people are sending you pictures and, you know, what we call praise reports. They're just, you know, just giving you – because, you know, I mean, think think about the industry where we get to go out and chase big fish. And, you know, so like I was watching my, my granddaughter last year, she was 13, fighting her first blue marlin. And then these are things that, that are such a blessing, you know, we don't ever want to take for granted, you know. Well, I know out here on the West Coast, Jim, the Yummy Flyer has given fishermen the opportunity to catch fish that they never even thought they'd get the opportunity to do. They're here. And as we found out in the beginning when they first got here, just because they're here doesn't necessarily mean you can catch them. You know, many are called, but few are chosen. And now yeah. you're, you're giving the fishermen the opportunity for the fish of a lifetime, not only once in the season, but many times in the season. And we've got to thank you very much for that. Well, well I'll tell you what, it, it feels good to hear these good reports and you know, it's just a blessing that these fish these fish uh, have shown up on the West Coast. I remember when they first showed up on the East Coast of North Carolina in the early 90s, and, you know, we were all excited about that. And, uh, you know, let's just give God thanks for these fish that are showing up. And, and I really, you know, it's just great to hear that our lures are working like they're supposed to. And, you know, just to go out there and catch a two, 300-pound tune, that's amazing. Well, I hope that you will get the opportunity soon to come on out here. And if you uh, do... I'd sure like to be part of setting you up with one of these fishermen that are going on out that you can see how your product's being used out here firsthand because I think you'd get a kick out of it. That, that's, that sounds like fun, John. We'll have to uh, – we, we, we need to do that. We, we really do. And, and then in talking with Pat McDonald, uh, you're going to be sponsoring uh, the, the uh, Cabo uh, Tuna Jackpot. Is that something you might even think about going uh, down and being a part of? Yeah, we're we're thinking about that and seeing if, seeing if that's something we we, we can do. Uh, you know, just love the industry and love being around the, the people that fish and you know, it's just good people. All right. Well, Jim, this isn't any drill. Before we let you go, tell us how people can view the story of Carolina Lords and the evolution of the Yummy Flyer and then to actually take a look at not only the different varieties of flyers that you have in the colors but then some of the other great products that we really haven't talked about that carolina lures makes where can they go to get this info yeah go to carolinalures.com that, that, that's that's the most complete source we have online carolinalures.com uh you can look at the story of the lure company and the under the million dollar lure but you know we make these little chin weights called chinis that are super popular down in mexico using dead bait we can rig them with circle hooks down on sea once and they have did i just say that right yeah you did <laughs> yeah and uh you know but there's a lot of that stuff is it's, it's it, you know it's good tackle still catches fish and uh that's just what we like to do we like to help people catch fish and go out and enjoy their family and their time on the water and you know, uh, it's just an honor. We really, we really appreciate it, John. I thank you for having us on the air, and really enjoyed seeing you again. I'm sure, you know, that we'll be we'll be in touch soon. Well, I know one thing, 
if we have a chance to uh, pass by each other, uh, now we'll recognize each other, uh, having uh, seen each other face-to-face. And uh, thank you for inviting uh, us out for some of the best barbecue we had in the entire trip out there. Yeah, that was fun. We enjoyed that. And uh, and going up on the bell, and like I said, anytime you're you're, you're in this neck of the woods or I'm in yours, I will definitely let you guys up because we really enjoyed your company. And it was was just a great visit. And for people who don't know the industry – you know, we all tend to know each other, and if you ever get a black, we've been in it 25 years, and I know you've been in it a lot longer than that, but if you ever get a black eye, you know, if you're not a good person, you don't last very long, but we have a very unique industry with some really good people. Well, not only that, Jim, and what I've, I found you to be, that even though you're, you're busy with this and other aspects of your life, that uh, when you are contacted, I think you probably, during the course of the week, talked to many fishermen about this lure and how to use it and how to rig it and how yeah. to handle it and everything else like that. And and who can sell your lure better than you? <laughs> yes, yeah, that, that's the truth. And, you know, I just love to help. I love to help people. You know, uh, I, I just really love to help people. And, uh, you know, even when I'm not doing the lure thing, I'm a minister. I just love to help people that have a need. It's just always been in my heart to uh you know, uh, just to help people. And it's wonderful, you know, that people get to take these products out and take their kids sometimes and, you know, and uh, just experience, you know, creation like it is. Well, it's it's great that not only you can be a, a fisherman of men, but you can also be a fisherman of fish. And, uh, boy, that was a dual purpose. And uh, uh, needless to say, uh, uh, the apostles, uh, uh, our Lord went to fishermen first. Uh, to uh, help spread his word. So, uh, Jim, it it seems like you fit right into the mold there. <laughs> well, that's the truth. You know, I think uh, they they were fishermen, and uh, you know, it takes faith to fish. Read that million dollar lure story; it'll explain more about that. But uh, you know, when I was designing my first lure, when I carved it, I was just a kid, and uh, you know, my dad told me, he said, "That's a good design, son. If, if you fish with confidence, it'll catch fish." And I still to this day, I've caught a lot of big bass, I've never caught a bigger one or more exciting fish than on that first lure. So that's why I call it the million-dollar lure, and that just started a, just started something in me to want to design lures that would catch fish. And, you know, it's frustrating, as you've seen. You know, you see tunas, you can't catch them. That's why the enemy came about. You know, I figured, hmm, you know, there's got to be a way to catch these fish, and I'm glad it's working for people. So. All right. Well, Mr. Jim McCarra from Carolina Lures, thanks for spending some of your Sunday evening with us. And, giving us a little more education on uh, the Yummy Flyers. Uh, I tell you, I think the market out here on the West is just going to expand. And God only knows what's going to happen. If we ever get a chance to see the albacore over here, I think everything is going to go wild, and the Yummy Flyers is going to be part of that. Thank you for spending some of the time with us. Thank you, John, and God bless you and your readers, listeners. All right. You take care. That was Mr. Jim McCare from Carolina Your Lures. He is the inventor of the Yummy Flyers. Hey, we're going to take a break right now. Hey, those of you that were hoping to hear from Captain Bill Wilkerson, I'm sorry we couldn't make that uh, connection with uh, Captain Bill. We'll try to get him on here as soon as we can. But coming up next, Captain James Nelson with a California Inshore Report. We're going to find out what's happening in our local shore, uh, inshore waters. I don't even know because I've been out of town for a couple of weeks. But stay tuned. There's still more Rod and Reel Radio to come after these messages. Captain Chris.
Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief. It's here, and it's time to go on the Chief. For those that are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips, ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity. We have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Don't you just love California in the summer? Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket and make sure the people you love wear one too. Love California, boat California, save California. Share the love at BoatCalifornia.com. Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? If you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program it is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. Rod and Real Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available, or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives, and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Hey, we do want to welcome you back to roddenreelradio.com, uh, Rod Radio. You know, when uh, I was back east, Especially last Sunday night, I just tuned on to ronreelradio.com, click listen live, and the next thing I know, Captain Ron, Wendy, and Ernie, they were on, and I was enjoying the show from almost 2,700 miles away. So if you can't do it every night, get on AM 540 to listen to us. Try ronreelradio.com or go to uh, one of the uh, uh, the uh, uh, the iPad uh, uh uh, what am I thinking about, man? I am just not all here. That just go to uh, one of the uh, places like iHeartRadio or iTunes or whatever it is, 
And you can always listen to Ron Real Radio at your convenience. Hey, well, I have been gone for a couple of weeks, and I've not really been able to keep up with what's been happening with our inshore fishing. But I go to, to James Nelson on Facebook, and, man, I get a good idea of, of really the great fishing that we're experiencing this summer. So who better to tell us about it, though, is USCG licensed skipper, Captain James Nelson, the fish icon. Captain James, welcome to the show. Well, always a pleasure to be on, Sean, and uh, sorry I've been missing each other the last few weeks, but glad to be back. Well, I was missing you, but I was missing you. I think uh, this time last Sunday night, I was in beautiful Savannah, Georgia, and uh, that was a real treat because uh, uh, from a from a fellow that uh, lives in Southern California to go from here to Savannah with a, a city that was founded in 1753, and a lot of it is the way it was back then during not only the Revolutionary War, but the Civil War, really kind of a, a, a fun place to go to. So, hey, but you know what? A fun place to go to is with Captain James Nelson in our local uh, inshore waters because the last time I spoke to you before I uh, left, you did not have a date available in July. And I'm going to be thinking that uh, you're probably taking a booking or two for August. You know, August is already starting to book up, John. Thanks. Yeah. It's, uh, it's looking pretty, pretty, uh, stiff. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually having to work. No, no, no Jim. Hey, you know, I didn't get this gig to work, but I guess I am now. <laughs> hey, a, a couple of days before I took off, you, uh, uh, where we had a, a trip booked with you, myself and uh, uh, Dr. Jim, and we went out and got some of those calicos and sand bass and a few bottom fish, and it was epic fishing. In fact, I think in all the years that I've been fishing, and Captain, uh, Captain Dr. Jim had been uh, fishing in San Diego Bay and the offshore areas since 1946, I think he said that one trip, was probably the best trip he'd ever been on. And I've got a feeling you probably hear that a lot from folks. Um, you know, I get that a lot, but, you know, it, it's I get that from people that's just on various trips and things that they've been with. But, you know, I remember hearing that from, from Dr. Jim, too, and I thought, wow, you know, if he could say that, I mean, I thought it was good. But if he could say that, that's really something. And, you know, and I'm glad it was you guys because, uh, you know, I'll be honest, when we do trips like that, it makes me nervous because those are really hard to repeat, and, that, and I know you guys know that. So, <laughs> so I know we could go out and have a real trip next time and, and not have uh, overly high expectations because that just was phenomenal. Well, you, you treated us to a really exceptional trip, and it was one of these trips where we got out to the fishing grounds at 7 o'clock. We were uh, finished by noon. We had over 100 fish that we had probably hooked up, and most all released. We had a lot of fish that were in the 5, 6-pound range, uh, just great shoulders on them. Uh, uh, we were actually uh, releasing some of the biggest fish towards the end. We, we left fish to go back home, and that's something I can't always say. No, it's it's usually most fishing trips you either leave early or stay too late. Uh, we did not stay too late on that one. I mean, we could have stayed and 
kept catching fish. Uh, I think we I think we left just in time. You know, the way the water conditions were, were just perfect for a nice ride out and back. And I think that was just, wow. I mean, again, it's one of those trips that, you know, in a way, as a guide, I, for first-timers, I hope hope to not really uh, spoil them because I know the next trip's not going to be as good. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, you know, everybody who fishes as much as you guys do, you deserve a trip like that once, at least once. <laughs> you know, it's nice to see you guys get it. Thanks, Jim. Hey, um, uh, but, you know, you're booked up for the uh, um, entire month of July and, and heavily booked for August. Just, let's just get around the uh, elephant in the room right now. The uh, launch ramp at Shelter Island has very limited access, especially on the weekends. We were lucky enough to go out there on a weekday and found that we could get out there and come back pretty easily, but it's going to get tougher and tougher as we get uh, – deeper into summer. Uh, tell us, what are you doing to accommodate uh, your clients when it comes to fishing, especially in San Diego Bay? Well, uh, right now, we're fishing in in the bay more than anything, um, and there's just there's a lot of good ramps in our bay. As a matter of fact, last week, I, I was I was lucky enough to go check out the new Glorietta and had a beautiful facility. Great. They did a great job there, not just with the ramp, but with the courtesy dock. And I think that's that's a vision of what is to be expected with shelter. And so for all of those of us, you know, being patient with it, I, I think the future looks bright. Oh, that that's great. Now, I know, uh, you know, you get a lot of clients that they like fishing uh, in, in the back bay or they like fishing uh, uh, for the leopard sharks or whatever it is that might be, let's say, in the vicinity of the bridge or wherever it is off the Embarcadero area. But... You know, for people that want to still go out calico bass fishing or go off Imperial Beach, you're still booking those trips. And even though you might launch out of Glorietta or somewhere else, uh, someone wants to go with you on a trip, you'll oblige them on that, will you not? I will, John. And, you know, we've been going, uh, you know, and you could just look at the herd. There's a lot of folks been going out of Dana Landing. Uh, so unless you're going really far south, uh, there's you don't have to go out of Shelter Island right now, and I hope that doesn't just draw crowds to Dana Landing, but I think people in the know already know this. But, uh, you know, if you're fishing anywhere from even, you know, Cabrillo on up, you got Sunset Cliffs, all that area, uh, There's that's still very accessible from uh, Mission Bay just as much as it is from San Diego Bay. So, you know, if, when I come out of Mission Bay, the, the good thing is I know I can uh, make my decision when I pull out, you know, whether we're going to go left or go right, we're going to find some kelp to fish on. And for guys who like to go offshore, a lot of the better spots that the guys are getting on right now anywhere are better access through Mission Bay. So I don't think so far that having Shelter Island uh, not fully open isn't so much of a detriment right now as I guess we were thinking. Uh, guys were kind of dreading going into it. Sure. That you know, this was a bad time of year to lose a ramp. But I think I think we're just all learning how to deal with it. And and I know a lot of my uh, compatriots, a lot of guys that are that are uh, captains that are doing you know one to one to four people or thereabouts with their boats. A lot of them have gotten into slips, and I'm looking into doing that myself. And I think that'll help get the pressure off. You know, that way we're in, we're in a slip, and then that way you don't have to worry about using the public ramp. You know, I like the service, Jim, that you offer because you're not in real competition with the sports fishing boats running out of H&M and 
and everything like that because you're fishing into the back bay, you're fishing under the Coronado Bridge, you're fishing off the Embarcadero, you're, you're fishing the channel, and you're going after species of fish with fishermen that the, the sports boats normally aren't targeting. Yeah, you know, John, thanks for bringing that up. And not only that, but the, the sports fishing fleet that we have is phenomenal. Oh. I mean, those guys have been, are pros. They've been doing it for years. They know what they're doing. Um, and when they get out, out past the point, they know where to go and they know what to do, and they know what to do in case they're wrong. <laughs> you know, because you know how fish are. You think you know what you're doing until you get out to where you thought they were going to be. <laughs> but oh, these guys, they, they know what they're doing. They've got the, you know, everything figured out. They've got the great crews that have been working with them. Um, they've got the burgers. I mean, good grief. <laughs> you know, I've talked about the burgers many times before, but um, so what they do is what they do, and what I do is what I do. And, and it, yeah, I, I try to offer folks something a little different. Uh, you know, fishing San Diego Bay, to me, is more than just the fish. It's, it's everything else that the bay has to offer. And right now, Jim, uh, how, how would you rate the fishing in the bay? Right now, it's great. It's, uh, as long as you're not picky, you will catch fish. The moment you decide you want to catch one species over another, that's the moment that species hears you. So I usually tell people, look, if you want to catch a halibut, don't say halibut. <laughs> if you want to catch a bunch of bass, don't say bass. Don't say, don't say bonefish. Just, just go fishing because um, <laughs> that's really what it is. And as long as you keep that open mind of just going out and following the bite, I mean, you could catch a lot of fish. And, you know, I take a lot of families and kids especially, you know, mm-hmm. They don't care if it's a if it's a sand shark or mackerel or or a bonefish. They just want something to bend the rod, and and that's that's what the bay offers you. And if you go to uh, James Nelson on Facebook, James normally is posting some of the the first fish that his clients catch, and I'm always in, impressed that the number of people that you are taking out have young kids in them, their families, and you're treating people to. Uh, really a memory that uh, will be hard to forget. Well, I try, you know, and, and again, it's, it's the one thing that I really can't control is whether or not the fish are going to bite, but at least can, you know, give people a good time anyway. Well, I know you give people a heck of a lot better chance than if they were out there by themselves trying to figure it out. I'd like to hope so. Yeah. Hey, Captain Jim, if, uh, if people like to get a hold of you, book a trip, find out what the schedule is, how's the best way to do it? Well, they could always reach me at the website, thefishicon.com. It's just like it sounds, thefishicon.com, or 619-395-0799. All right, Captain Jim, thanks a lot for being with us. You have a great week, and we look forward to talking to you again on Rod and Real Radio. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me, John. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for tonight. Uh, we want to thank Jorge in the AM540 studios. Ben Harvey, especially, for helping out uh, Captain Ron Baker with last week's broadcast and putting this show together. And always in memory of Big Tuna Bill and Eddie McCune. On behalf of Stan Vandenberg and Winnie Toshihara, I'm Hopalong John. Good night, everyone. We'll see you on the water. They're getting away. We're out for now. I'd say no more work for mine. Welcome to the club. On my door I'd hang a sign.